Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on here on the Outkick Network. Hope you're joining Chad in the chat. And if you're there, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button and uh, ring that bell. That way you'll get alerted every time we go live at 3 o'clock Eastern each weekday afternoon or any of the shows uh, across uh, the great Outkick platform. Uh, coming up in 20 minutes, Armando Salguero uh, will give us the latest on Jalen Ramsey, who was carted off the field today, a, a apparent left knee injury uh, while defending, really, uh, it was a non-contact, defending Tyreek Hill in one-on-one drills and was uh, carted off on practice number two. And just the severity of that doesn't look good now, waiting on details. Uh, plus, the, all the quarterbacks getting paid and Joe Burrow and what that's going to be and look like compared to Justin Herbert. Uh, Armando, a big fan of Herbert, by the way. We'll look forward to that in 20 minutes. Plus, A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports, who had the report yesterday about the Minnesota football program and the, uh, the negative light that has been painted based on anonymous players some of whom were starters under P.J. Fleck at Minnesota, who are claiming and, and painting a picture of P.J. Fleck and the coaching staff over numerous issues of being lax on, on certain players and having uh, you know a bank. Uh, the Fleck Bank. The Fleck Bank, where you, you have hypothetical coins, I guess, and if you have enough, you can get out of certain testing. Um, and, and, and get get out of punishment, which would be excessive workouts for violating rules. We'll jump into that with him specifically. That's an hour three. Uh, some of this, it, it, and by the way, PJ Fleck went. He was just like, "This is totally baseless," and went all in on this report as being false, and even went as far to say that they don't do. Uh, excessive workout, exercise punishments anymore as a program. He's like, not just as the football team, but as an athletic program. We're not doing that anymore at Minnesota. And it got... It, it said there was some sort of investigation in 2018 with the whole uh, athletic department that they stopped doing it at that time and haven't done it? When it goes back... When, when is... I mean, the, the whole hazing thing in Northwestern opened yeah. up a lot of questions about, is this normal? Have you heard about this happening? And... I hear from a lot of older people, it's like, oh, yeah, we did this stuff all the time. Well, you know, back in the day, this is no big deal. But I hear this, and I hear uh, exercise as punishment, and I think this happened with in my middle school. was right. very common. Running. Like I don't understand how that's a problem. I, I assumed every program punishes with exercise. He, he said today, Flex Is this a bad today, thing? I didn't uh, know that it was. Allegations are baseless. And he goes on to say, the Fleck Bank, mostly used in 2017 and 18, was an analogy in a team meeting. There was no currency ever exchanged. There were no coins that ever existed. It was an analogy to simply explain investment for life. Those allegations are baseless. Now, we can... What this story does, more than anything, is illustrates just how loony... P.J. Fleck can sound at times, yes. but we've always known that. He is a cliche machine. He is a guy who's probably read the energy bus about 47 times. When you talk about a Fleck Bank investment for life, that's weird <laughs> when you're their coach and you're using your name and talking about investment for life. 
into the Fleck Bank. So I think more than anything, it just kind of paints him in an odd light, but I don't know that it's anything damning to him or his program that I've read in this report, but we'll talk to A.J. Perez about it. Chad, though, I, I, I in just first glance at what's been reported, what pl- former players are saying, what P.J. Fleck is having to defend here, and again, maybe more details come out, and we certainly reserve the right to change uh, the, the stance on P.J. Fleck here specifically. But overall, uh, Fleck can be used as an example, but there are uh, any program right now, I think college football coaching is as difficult as it has ever been because you're battling name, image, likeness, and collectives and the recruitment there. You're battling as a part of that the transfer portal where guys are jumping in to enter free agency to hear from those collectives and the recruitment process and to see what else is out there for them. Grass can be greener on the other side. Sometimes it's not, but... They're left in the portal sometimes if they don't find a landing spot. Sometimes they're right back. And then on top of that, you have the the players who are complaining about running for punishment, which is something that has been, I mean, that that is so light and minuscule compared to other allegations we've been covering on this show, if it's just that. And if you're having to also battle that, if you cannot have some discipline within the locker room and you can't do something that's going to make certain players pissed off and want to leave because you got to have that in mind in order to not run them off because you don't want to have to replace those guys and as AJ Perez points out some of the anonymous players or starters on the roster or were I mean how do you go about this some coaches are just soft in general I think the the vast majority of the quote-unquote soft coaches are doing that because they absolutely have to, not because they want to. That's just the players that are coming through the door. That's not at every program. You know, you don't hear a peep about what's going on at Bama other than from the players. The Bama practices were so much harder than wherever we're playing right now in the NFL. So there are programs where the coaches have a great rapport um, and some coaches who don't. But if you don't have the good rapport with the locker room, that doesn't always mean you're a bad coach or you're going about it the wrong way. You're just trying to instill some, some hard love there. And they can't do that anymore across the board, by and large. Because these guys that are there want to be treated like NFL players because they're second on the depth chart and they deserve to be first or whatever it might be. It's so difficult, Chad, to where right now, P.J. Fleck doesn't, he knows he can't. He's not allowed, based on university policy, the athletic program policy, to have exercised discipline within the Golden Gophers football program. There's always been some level of ego massage that takes place in major college football, but it is worse now than ever. Because with a single tweet or Instagram post, a star player can turn your program into the crosshairs of the media for whatever they say. And they know they have that power. They also have that power to transfer anytime they want where they didn't have that before, where coaches did have more power. And I don't want to make this the woe is me about college coaches. They know what they signed up for. It is more difficult now than ever. They're also being paid better than ever. Not, not at every level and not at every position. But in large part, major college coaches are getting paid a lot more for the effort. 
You could look at it and say, because of NIL and collectives, maybe their job in recruiting got a little bit easier if their own collective can just outbid someone and pay more for someone else. But that's not even true because you still have to build the relationship with the player. It's not enough for top prospects just to get the check. They got to get the love and they got to get the check. So you still have to do your job. It's not like you can stop recruiting and stop communicating with players that you want in your program because you got to do that 24-7. And on top of that, you got to worry about what they're being offered to come play for you versus what they could be getting offered somewhere else. So it, I, I'm with you, Hutton. I, I can't think of a time that it's been more complex to manage a college football program than it is right now because – of how many different levels there is to this. Well, there's no good cop, bad cop. Because the, the assistant coaches now are also under that same scrutiny. You know, you can't yeah. play the good cop as the head coach. If the bad, you know, you've got the, the tough offensive-minded or defensive line coach or whatever it might be anymore. Chad, we've got, uh, I'm going to get to the Kenny Powers of Power 5 in a moment. Some, some breaking news in the NFL. Joe Burrow just pulled up with a right leg injury, a lower right leg injury. He's oh, been carted yeah. off the practice field in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to send this, Davey, to you. I don't. Hopefully we can play it. Um, and the video is from the reporters who are there. Practice is just wrapping up, so it's not embargoed by the team. And Just tell everyone it's a clip from Strange Wilderness, and it'll be fine. YouTube, yeah. YouTube will allow that. Uh, tell them that Steve Zahn right, is actually in the clip also, and we'll be so good. He's, he rolls out to his right. And as he's rolling out to his right, he's looking downfield, and then he just pulls up where he is hopping on his left leg immediately, not putting any weight on his right, uh, lower right leg. Then the cart comes out and uh, takes him inside the training room. This would be awful. On a day where Jalen Ramsey was carted off with a left knee injury, and Mike McDaniel won't speak until tomorrow, um, yeah, this is... Terrible news. Massive news if he's done. The, the last for the thing year you want from a league perspective, certainly from a Cincinnati perspective, and Joe Burrow one, but for the league, it's the last thing you want. I finished the quarterback series last night, and I was thinking during that, I'm like, man, this is pretty amazing that none of these guys got hurt seriously over the course of this year, that none of them missed time. Marcus Mariota got pulled and then claimed he had a leg injury and left the team at that point to go seek treatment, but. Kirk Cousins battled rib injuries the whole year, but he played every game. They get into detail and have some great footage of Patrick Mahomes when he hurts his ankle, the high ankle sprain against Jacksonville in the playoffs, and him on the sideline saying, bleep no, I'm not coming out of the game, and screaming at Andy Reid, refusing to go out of the game in that moment. And you get a lot of his treatment and things, but the fact that they picked three guys and none of them were out for the year or yeah. out for an extended period of time – is remarkable in today's NFL. And then after finishing that series, we get this news so, the next day that's a reminder of what bad can happen. This looks like, it, uh, again, uh, I'm just basing it off of what he's holding. It looks like an Achilles or a calf injury. A lot of those tweeting out are saying he's holding his calf. But, you know, I've, injuries in the, in the league are strange. I've seen a guy that was holding his lower leg that ended up tearing his ACL on the field. I, again, don't know, but if it's the Achilles injury, that is massive news for Joe Burrow, who has been extremely patient through the contract negotiations, just like Justin Herbert. They didn't say a peep publicly about it. And 
he said that the reports are that Burroughs not in any rush, quote unquote, to get it done, uh, even though they've got the parameters now to go well above where Justin Herbert currently resides as the highest paid player at $52.5 million per uh, average per year. Yeah, this is, this is bad. I'm watching it now as well. Um, terrible news. Let's, let's hope for the best and hope that it's nothing big. But when they bring the card out, that's not a good sign. Yeah, and he's got the, if it's just a calf. He had a sleeve on his calf, on his right calf, Chad. Um, I mean, hopefully it's just that and it's minor, like a pool or something really bad that would keep him out for multiple weeks and not a season. Uh, and at this at this stage, you just multiple weeks would mean he's missing the entire camp and preseason. Like, we'll we'll find out. Are we doing the video or are we stalling? Okay. Um, yeah. We'll when I say stall, we'll head to. Uh, well, I've got something I can get into. Well, that's what I'm about to set you up for. Um, Chad, I love your text earlier this morning because there is a former head coach in college football who is a real-life Kenny Powers based on further details that continue to emerge from the NCAA investigation at Tennessee. So Jeremy Pruitt recently received a multi-year show cause from the NCAA for wide-sweeping recruiting violations while he was at Tennessee and had to cop to most of them and had some really awful (laughs) defenses of some of the other things that he did. Uh, Over 100 people on his staff were involved. Uh, most all of them were fired. Some are coaching in the SEC right now and having to answer questions at practice about their involvement when they were at Tennessee. But much like another person who once had their career shamed in the height of their powers, it was one Kenny Powers who made oh. some missteps over the course of his career as a closer in Major League Baseball. This, of course, from the HBO show Eastbound and Down, an all-time comedy classic. Jeremy Pruitt has now gone full Kenny Powers because he has returned to high school. Jeremy Pruitt today took a job as a PE teacher at an Alabama high school. Hutton, I for one cannot wait until he chaperones the middle school dance, until he tells his PE class about his exploits the way Kenny Powers did. This is a story made for Jeremy Pruitt. He truly is the real life Kenny Powers. I can you imagine? I also tweeted out that there's going to be some faces melting during third period dodgeball (laughs) because Jeremy Pruitt, he's going to unleash hell with his kids in this setting. Like they're they're not going to be allowed to hold back. And did did you mention his? You know when you hit somebody in the head in dodgeball in school and you were out if you hit him in the head. I think that Jeremy Pruitt will make a rule if you hit someone in the face with the ball, another one of their teammates has to go out also. He will encourage headshots during dodgeball. So uh, he's uh, he's going to coach junior. Uh, so he's he's going to coach junior high basketball, according to principal Chris Clark. This is going to be the next. Uh, remember the um, Sean Payton movie with Kevin James? I think Netflix and, and Adam Sandler is going to option the movie about Jeremy Pruitt coaching middle school basketball after being an SEC head so coach. His dad's also there at yeah, this high school. He's going to work with his dad. Chad, uh, did you see the quote from the principal? No, I did not. Uh, from Chris Clark, principal uh, at Plainview High School. Great name for a principal, by the way, Chris Clark. He's a hometown hero. His kids have gone to school here. He's a great teacher. He's a great coach. He was the most qualified person for the job. We're lucky to have him. <laughs> so, um, and his wife, Casey, was hired at the school last month. It's a, it's a family school now. Do you think they're going to pass out money in the 
brown lunch bags to kids, to star athletes, to make sure they're yeah. taken care of? Easier to uh, hide that, I guess. Do you, like think still, do you think that he's still been so touched by George Floyd and Black Lives Matters that he's going to give back to the community the way he did in Knoxville? Now the, way just, he gave, the way he gave back to the community by only paying four- and five-star African-American athletes? Now we, no one else? Some of who didn't even go to uh, the school there after receiving the payment. Maybe we'll see Jeremy Pruitt now, I don't know, Orange Beach on a jet ski. Well, Outkick should shoot the documentary of Jeremy Pruitt, middle school basketball coach. Joe Burrow was just carted off the practice field. Armando Salguero joins us next. Big injuries today across the NFL. Welcome back. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. Armando Salguero covers the NFL for Outkick.com. Does a tremendous job uh, and is extremely busy this time of year with the camps are underway as we gear up for, for football season. Armando, we saw the Herbert contracts. We'll get to that in a moment. Burrow is set to be the highest paid player in NFL history. He's up next. And just uh, recently, within the next, within the last five minutes, and Zach Taylor spoke post-practice. Joe Burrow goes down, holding his uh, his right calf, and is carted off the practice field. Zach Taylor says it is a calf injury, but had no further details at this time. But this would be a a, a massive deal had it been, and we don't know officially the word on the calf injury. But, man, the timing of this is just crazy. Right. So, first of all, uh, calf injuries better than a knee injury. No doubt. Okay? Or Achilles. Or an Achilles, um, yeah. Or an Achilles, correct. You see there that Joe Burrow was already wearing a sleeve over his right calf, and so that makes you wonder if he wasn't already uh, a little – you know, nicked. And when ta- he Taylor, I, I should have. Taylor said that he he was wearing that sleeve. Something happened today, and he put that sleeve on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And something happened before this injury. So yeah, he said he, he was wearing the sleeve today. Is what he said. Right. Uh, of course. The now you said he put it on today for the yeah, first Zach time. Zach Taylor said it, it was due to something that happened today. He had he had something happen, put the sleeve on, then something else happened, is what Zach Taylor's saying, and that's when he left. And what I'm saying is something happened, and they put him back in there to take another rep. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, they put the sleeve on, and in the next couple of reps, he goes down with that area injury. Um, I know this. Calf injuries, not fun. And it's not because um, it's not because it's going to take you out of games and so forth, but especially not this time of year. But once you get them, you have to wait. You have to wait until they are healed or you are likely to get others. Um, it, it's just it's just bad. And I would suggest to you that we're probably not going to see Joe Burrow in the preseason now. And it's rough because Joe Burrow only yesterday was talking about how 
he was so happy that this is the first training camp that he has that is an actual full training camp where he is not rehabbing something, coming off of something. Uh, last year, you'll remember, he had append an uh, appendicitis uh, yeah, attack yeah. and had uh, a surgery and went to camp right after the surgery. And the year before that, he was coming off an ACL injury. And the year before that was the COVID year. <laughs> and so there, you know, he, he hasn't had the, a chance to have a full training camp. And it doesn't look like he's going to get that again this year. I think I know your answer to this question, Armando, based on uh, your reaction to this story when we were talking about it. But does it surprise you that Zach Taylor did not use extreme, extreme caution when anything happened in this practice and instead put a, a calf sleeve on? and put Joe Burrow back out there? Right. So the part about putting him back out there, that is on him. But if the trainers aren't saying, hey, he, he needs to come out, if the trainers are saying he's okay to go, or if Joe Burrow is saying, I'm fine, what's the head coach going to do? Is he going to go, no, you got to get out of there? Or, I, I just, I don't know, man. Armando Salguero with us. Armando, Jalen Ramsey carted off today with a left, it would appear to be a left knee injury. We'll hear from Mike McDaniel tomorrow on that. But the newcomer who they acquired via trade is paired up with Xavier Howard. They had a litany of corner issues and injuries a year ago. And now Ramsey goes down on day number two. Uh, your take of the secondary now and what that means for what they had planned within Vic Fangio's defense. Right. My take is let's not jump, jump to conclusions because we don't know that Jalen Ramsey is gone or out or, you know, anything. Uh, we've had the first two days of practice. I've, I've counted at least seven guys carted off the field and all of them have come back uh, up until today. And so I'm not ready to tell you Jalen Ramsey is is messed up for the year or for any extended period of time. Um, I don't know. And by the way, no one else knows. So I would say let's be cautious. If Jalen Ramsey is not able to play for the Miami Dolphins for any extended period of time, it obviously hurts the defense. Everybody knows that. He is their not only their highest-priced defensive player, but he is a guy around which, in conjunction with Xavier Howard, they were expecting to build a defense around. If you've got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard locking up the receivers outside, you can blitz. If you've got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard locking up the receivers outside you, you don't you, you can play seven eight guys in the box on rundowns without concern if you don't have him that changes things for Vic Fangio Armando do you like Sean Payton going scorched earth on Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos of last year is that refreshing to you do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you somewhere in the middle? What What is the Armando Salguero reaction when you read those quotes from Sean Payton that he gave to Jarrett Bell? Well, I'm a member of the media. 
<laughs> get to it, Sean. You know, light them fires and, and let the napalm drop. <laughs> it's it's fine with me. Having said that, having said that, it's not good for the Denver Broncos. And this is the reason that it's not good for the Denver Broncos. He didn't just go scorched earth on the New York Jets. He went also scorched earth on guys within the facility, and those guys are still there. Uh, those guys are still employed, including, by the way, the team president, including the general manager, and he also ripped the PR. Uh, and, and the Broncos have one of the best PR departments in the NFL, and Sean just, you know, ripped it all. The only guy that he really defended was, in fact, Russell Wilson, who out of all those people did the worst job, um, you know, because he was actually on the field and got the least amount of production out of himself. So it's probably not in the Broncos' best interest that now the head coach is ripping guys that he's working with. As far as the New York Jets are concerned, you know, their attitude is, we play you in week five. Let's see what happens. And my guess is that come week five of this NFL season, um, today's quotes will come back up within the halls of uh, Florham Park where the New York Jets train. Armando, uh, it wasn't that long ago. We were trying to debate Aaron Rodgers and what he would want to do. When he came out of the, the, the darkness retreat, turns out he saw Gang Green. And then here we are talking about a refreshed Aaron Rodgers. He looks happy, content, energized, ready to go win. And he takes a $35 million pay cut that's really, uh, on paper, it's lengthier, but a, a two-year contract for $75 million. What do you make of the new Aaron Rodgers, who you've already proclaimed, he is the king of New York. Right. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, it's a legit pay cut. He was due $110 million guaranteed over the next two years. And now that's $75 million guaranteed over the next two years. Number two, and to me, most shocking of all, it was his idea. Think about that. <laughs> because I don't remember me saying, hey, uh, I, I didn't produce enough last week or I'd like for OutKick to hire another <laughs> NFL guy. I'll take a 35, you know, 35% I mean, whatever pay cut, 30% pay cut so you can hire somebody and help me. The, that, la the last two years he's wanted, he's wanted more, not less in Green Bay. And, and that's the other thing. It's the... Most unreal troll job yes. I've ever seen in my life. Because once upon a time, the Green Bay Packers are, are, you know, counting their pennies on the one hand because they've got to deliver a Brinks truck uh, to, you know, Aaron Rodgers on the other. And you can't do both. And so uh, if I'm Green Bay, I appreciate what Aaron Rodgers did most of the time. <laughs> But there were times in the last few years, particularly, where Aaron Rodgers, we now see that, 
man, you weren't all in for us. And uh, people will forget this, Chad. But on Tuesday, he called Jordan Love to wish him well. You know, be yourself, Jordan. <laughs> and then on Wednesday, it's, it's this happens. This is Armando. This is Aaron Rodgers with the biggest. You see, I am a good guy. They're, they're the bad guys. I've been a good guy all along. It was them that tainted all of you to believing I'm a bad guy. It was just I didn't want to work with them. Now look how nice I am and how much of a team guy I am. Does being this nice team guy, Armando, lead you to believe that Dalvin Cook mm. now will be a New York Jet alongside Aaron Rodgers? Well, it, clearly this wouldn't be happening with Dalvin Cook. The, the visit – that is happening in the next day or so. Uh, he was flying to New York today, as a matter of fact. Wouldn't have happened unless Dalvin Cook, A, decided I will play for a veteran minimum, or B, unless Aaron Rodgers helped the Jets with a major pay cut. And so the major pay cut is already producing fruits in that it provides the Jets the ability, at least, to chase more talent, to do what? Help Aaron Rodgers. So it's an investment on Aaron Rodgers' part. I get that. But as far as New York Jets fans are concerned and the New York Jets organization, Aaron Rodgers is a stud and a hero. Uh, Armando, so is Justin Herbert. Uh, maybe not a hero yet, but he's a stud. He's overlooked a bit because we haven't seen the results in, in Los Angeles. I've seen terrible results from his defense uh, on the other side of the football. But I know you wrote it at OutKick. This is a quarterback that has elite talent and a chance now to have elite results based on what he's done through his first three years. I, I wrote this uh, when, when uh, I think it was Monday. The days are starting to run together. Yeah. I, I did the uh, ranking of coaches, um, you know, worst to best. I'm sorry, Brandon Staley is kind of wasted Justin Herbert the last couple of years. Um, he just has. And I know they made the playoffs last year. And Justin Herbert gave him a 27-7 to halftime lead. Yep. <laughs> and they lost the game. <laughs> to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so, and Justin Herbert played a lot last year with a rib, rib injuries that would have kept most guys out, you know, five weeks at least. And he was in the lineup the that's next a, that's week. That's a great point. Yep. Um, and, and yet those heroics, that kind of performance, he's, Throne, he is in the Peyton Manning uh, orbit right now. Peyton Manning threw for over 4,000 yards his first four years. This is Justin Herbert's uh, fourth year. If he does it again, it'll be him and Peyton Manning who will have done that. So, uh, I don't know. You would figure that <laughs> that kind of performance would bring you more than just one playoff appearance and no playoff wins. Yep. Yep. And the clock is ticking on Staley. That, that is for sure. And they've added some pieces defensively. They've got to get vastly better. Boatloads of points have been allowed. Scored, but also allowed since Justin Herbert got there. Armando, always great, man. We, we love the, uh, the training camp coverage and uh, always love the visit. Thanks for setting up next to the Orange Bowl for us, too. It's a great backdrop yep. today. We appreciate you Wonderful. making that effort. Thank you.
Thank you. Always my pleasure. Ar- Bye, guys. Armando Salguero outkicks senior NFL writer. Always solid work You are looking live at the Orange Bowl where Armando Salguero joins us. Always love his backdrop. Mbappe, based on the reported offer, was scheduled to make more per month than LeBron James is scheduled to make in the upcoming entire NBA season. And he turned it down on a one-year $776 million contract. We discuss that next. Plus, we get weird with UFO news. That's next. Coming up, A.J. Perez, front office sports, who had the report uh, yesterday about the Minnesota football program, the allegations of a toxic culture in- involving uh, running, and among other things, crawling, I believe, bear crawling, until you, what was it, puked, was one of the, uh, the former players that remain anonymous. I think there were multiple exercises that involved, do this till you puke. Yeah, and a fleck bank where if you collect enough chips, uh, it was a reward of collecting enough fleck chips to potentially get out of certain failed drug tests and things. What fleck was, totally was, denied it and said it was a baseless report. So AJ Perez, his report, will have him on. His, and he's coming on uh, at his scheduled time, which is uh, in just over 15 minutes, because he is currently right now at Big Ten Media Day's uh, in the media portion with Minnesota football players who are present. Yeah, I, I think it's up to the person who reads the report to decide what you think about you know the severity of what's being alleged. But it's certainly not a baseless report because he acknowledged a fleck bank. He just says there, was, there weren't physical coins that were deposited. It was all theoretical, his fleck bank and what he's talking about with his players. Uh, coming up, we'll have uh, Let's Get Weird with Davey Hudson first, though. Mbappe, uh, soccer phenomenon, number three on the Forbes list for highest paid last year. Uh, Number one, Messi. Number two, Ronaldo. Number three, Mbappe. He turned down, refused to meet uh, with the Saudi club um, and turned down a reported $1.1 billion offer where roughly $300 of that would have gone to his team in France, uh, in Paris, with that club as the buyout, which they're looking for. They're, they hope someone's going to pay them type, that type of money. They paid that type of money um, to acquire him originally. He's not going to pick up an option. The deadline for that is July 31st. That's why the timing now was for Saudi to do this. But he turns down $776 million in a one-year deal, Chad. Now, just breaking that down is unbelievable to, uh, to think about from, from this standpoint. It's $58.3 million per month, $13.3 million per week, $1.9 million per day, $80,000 an hour, and once he would have signed, he would have earned $1,332 per minute over that year it's based on those numbers it's a little over five million dollars more in one month than justin herbert's the highest paid player in nfl history will make for the year it's more than lebron in one year in his current deal that is crazy 
But here, here's where so, so I think Herbert's around like fifty two and a half, fifty three, and they was going to make fifty eight uh, million a 52 month. Fifty two and a half. Yeah. So over five five and a half million dollars more in a month than Herbert will make for the year. Sixteen years ago to the month, Grant Wall had the cover story at Sports Illustrated, and he is talking about the future of soccer. David Beckham and his addition to MLS and what it would mean for the future of soccer. The headline on the, on the cover 16 years ago to the month, David Beckham, will he change the fate of American soccer? That by Grant Wall, who passed away last year, who died in, in Qatar uh, last year covering the World Cup. Chad, it now goes full circle for me, seeing this on social and then thinking, well, David Beckham is also bringing in Messi, who turned down Saudi. Now you have Mbappe turning down the money. The, if you're trying to buy soccer, and there are several stars from Europe who have taken this and they're joining this league. Ronaldo's there on a two-year deal, getting $200 million per season. But if you start having the top guys on earth turning this down, then everyone's just going to follow suit based on that, unless they're just going to take the bankroll. And at that, I think at that point, you got to be a certain status to, to get this offer from Saudi. One other possibility, the private investment fund of Saudi Arabia starts caring less about their own home league right. and buys a couple clubs in MLS right. and then offers that money to Mbappe to come to mm -hmm. Cincinnati. You know, wherever and, and by the way, in MLS and come play here, Atlanta, and then you you infiltrate American soccer with MLS and you change the face of it with international superstars. That no doubt. Way. I also think for Mbappe, that's a lot of money. I'm not, you know, someone gets offered that much money. It's shocking when they turn it down. There are some people though that they just don't want to leave the limelight. Like he is in playing in, in the, the biggest spotlight in the world but it would be one for year. one of the biggest clubs in the world, and maybe he just doesn't want to go play in Saudi Arabia for a year. He'd rather just continue living the life he is with all the money he's making now, well, but, and all that money isn't, isn't as enticing to him. So it goes back, though. Like So his, his current club, they don't expect him to pick up his option for 2024. Knowing that, they want to get millions in return for transferring his contract now. And because the transfer is still open. So Real Madrid is believed to be the team that he's going to eventually sign with in 2024 by not picking up the option. Real Madrid will be bidding. Manchester United is there. This is different All than Messi. All the big boys. It's All the big boys Messi, in Europe. Who just took the gig in MLS, right? This is next level for him. He's trying to do that. Now we see the bidding war there and just compare the millions upon millions. But they're looking for... 200 plus million in just the transfer buyout uh, from the, the Paris club. Crazy money, though. Just putting that in perspective on what Saudi offered him just to, on a, on a one year contract. Nuts. But if you're going to buy soccer, Chad, you're right. You got to buy, buy the league, buy MLS. Hard to do. And see if those European stars will come play in America the way Messi, a South American star, came to play in Miami. And now MLS gets a big boost with Messi and now uh, another boost for whoever lands Mbappe, of course. Chad, uh, there's some hearings going on, and it starts out our segment with Davey Hudson. Let's get weird.
Classic. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Classic. Top men. Yes. So, spoiler alert: classic ending we just saw there to Raiders Lost Ark, one of the the best endings to a movie ever. So, guys, uh, as you know, mentioned the UFOs, which, by the way, UFO stands for Unidentified Flying Object. Just so you know, the government has now changed it to UAP, which stands for Unidentified Anomalous, Anomalous, yeah, Phenomena. Yeah, so, uh, it, guess what? It. It's a UFO. Yeah. So, but, uh, yes, you mentioned the House <laughs> Oversight Committee. I'm just letting you know, know the, the current fair. dialect that they're using, or not okay. dialect, but the, the terminology that they are using for this. But, yes, uh, one of the UFO whistleblowers, as we've been discussing yeah. a little bit about, you know, it's kind of been a big thing, uh, testified that his life was threatened over secret, a, secret alien life uh, retrieval and their tech. Uh, one of the guys' name, I'll just read this from a Fox News article, but UFO whistleblower David Grush testified under oath his life was threatened and he was instructed to keep quiet about a secret government-run crashed UFO retrieval program. He also said that the government absolutely, in quotes, has UFO tech and biologics of non-human origins uh, since the 1930s and knows the exact locations of where they are being held. So... I do with that as you will. Don't know that I I believe this. I know a lot of people have taken this as okay. It definitely exists. I'm not going to say that it definitely does not exist, and there's not something we've retrieved that we can't explain. But this biologics they're talking about, basically unidentified life forms from another planet that we're in possession of. I, I don't know that I buy that, Totten. I, I don't know that these two guys testifying to this. Changes my mind on that. What else were they discussing, though, at these hearings, other than just get these two guys claiming they know where everything is? That's I mean, it. It's just those two guys. So well, it's just how the United States has supposedly held all this information from the public. And so okay. now the public's just kind of like, what do we actually not know that you all have so, been keeping from us? I, I, so I, globally, do you think other countries are discussing UFO sightings the way Americans do? Because I don't. Based on, uh, there's a... Arcgis, uh, A-R-C-G-I-S dot com is the website. You can see a heat map of all UFO sightings that have been reported. It's in Europe, like a very small, uh, small group in Europe. And then you have uh, the entire United States is just lit up. And, and it's not it's not lit up like New York City. I haven't seen anyone with a phone that that, uh, you know, we have the ability now to have the, the 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 movie picture quality on the new iPhone. Um, everything that happens to be spotted is just out in the middle of nowhere or out in the middle of a desert. Uh, some would say, oh, it's because, you know, uh, it's much uh, easier to see the sky at night. Well, I would say, well, it's pretty easy for a million people in a city to look up and find something if it's that obvious. Yeah, I like I love David Duchovny and the X-Files as much as the next guy, but I'm I'm not going to buy these two guys saying that when no one else has spotted it or seen it on camera. Davey, where do you fall on this? I as far as do I think we have I'm talking aliens. The whole thing. I, right? I, I do think, you, I mean, do you I believe think these I, guys? I I don't believe these guys, but I do believe that there is extraterrestrial life outside of Earth. It is fascinating, though, that the American part about this, like this is a very American, this all started post-World War II, and it became an American fascination. With Roswell, uh, the 70s saw this huge spike in, in supposed yeah. abductions, 
right? That was with the big craze out west of people being abducted, mm -hmm. saying that. There's also a whole idea that people being abducted is a mental mechanism to get over being assaulted as a young person, and that's how their mind changes it, that someone came into the room and did bad things to them at some point, and they think they change it to an alien abduction because it's easier to handle that way, and that's how people truly believe they were abducted by aliens. I've read studies on that. And also you think about a country like Japan, they believe firmly in ghosts. Like every country has something. Like in Japan, Japanese people, 97% of them believe they live with ghosts and that they know a ghost and they've seen ghosts in their home. So, for, Are they so also I think from every the culture is era? different. And I think our culture Are is... Are they also from 1863? ...is alien-obsessed. Well, I, I mean... The, the Japanese the Civil War. I, I'm not big into <laughs> the, the, the idea Tom of Cruise ghosts. The fought in Last Samurai? I... <laughs> Do you ever know people? It's like I got a bit of the shine. You ever heard, had anyone say that to you? Yeah. I just kind of look at them and I'm like, while The Shining's a, a decent movie, uh, that's as far as I'll go on that. Doctor um, Sleep actually much better than uh, The Shining, but I thought Doctor Sleep was very good too. The Shining yes. is better, but I, it was a good many years later sequel. But as far as just life outside of Earth, I mean, there are 200 billion trillion stars in the universe. That's your fact for the day. 200 billion trillion stars so the fact that saudi's gonna offer that to we are here. alone <laughs> that's a good one i i struggle to comprehend and i mean if and if we are just the uh the importance of life at that point is pretty remarkable to say the least well they also have a of there's a, a radio wave or something that yeah. They don't know where it came well, from. This one's a little bit more, and I just, uh, one of the other deep dives I often do that you guys will probably call me a nerd for is just uh, no. the idea of astronomy. We'll, we'll let the audience decide and for so, themselves. Well, we don't for need to call this, it. We don't need to call it. Yeah, there's an unknown object that has been sending radio signals to Earth, and this goes back for over 30 years. They first started tracking this in the 80s. And the way in which that this radio wave hits, it, it hits at a different frequency than you would normally see. And so. Uh, the article, you can read about it on OutKick, but the radio waves come every 22 minutes, which is a very long time between what you would typically have for uh, radio waves. They're generally about uh, 60 radio bursts a minute, so pretty much like one a second, whereas this is every 22 minutes we're getting that radio burst. And what astronomers actually believe, even though a lot of people are tying this more into aliens or sending a signal, it's more likely it's just a, a slow-spinning neutron star that is pushing this out there, and that's why we're just receiving the uh, signal there. I'm going to need more than these two guys. That's, well, that's my, closing so st my closing statement where, on this hearing is I need more I, than these two guys. I need Neil deGrasse Tyson to see a UFO. I need the, the guy who talks about this all the time. For me. I who, 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 who believes in that? Like extra, uh, I, we need, where is, he, he's got a damn telescope that's better than anything on the globe. I'll have a Where's fact for that sighting? tomorrow. <laughs> AJ Perez joins us next.